This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more. So welcome everybody to another episode of the Rumashes Clubcast. Here is what you have to look forward to in tonight's episode. First time, long time. <laughs> Just kidding. Welcome, Craft Beer. My name is Donnie. This is the official podcast, the Craftology Radio Network, a collection of craft beer and geek news tied loosely together here on Craft Beer's Geek News. We talk about national stories, local flavors, and our favorite geek. <laughs> our favorite. favorite he was doing so good. Oh, so man. Good. I was doing so. I sounded not like a once, radio man. Not once I really sounded like a radio man. I was so excited. Oh, oh favorite man. Blank. We talk about our favorite local flavors and geeky nuggets of pop culture. Who could join us this evening? Hi, Donnie. How are you guys doing? My good friend, Ryan. Buddy, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be here. Ragai813? Whatever you want to call it. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Just don't come late for dinner. And Mr. Lossman, go. Never late for dinner. Wow. <laughs> Mid sip. Hey, guys. Uh, Jim. Caught you decent. Oh, yeah. Nope. I'm great. I'm so excited to be here, man. It's going to be a good show. Oh, I feel it. Good. Yeah, I feel it, too. I think it's going to be a good one, a quick one. A, a, to the point, we've got a lot to cover, a lot to go through, and hopefully it won't take us that much time. We'll Let's see. do it. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, first off, as we start off every single episode with um, what are you drinking, what are you going to drink, boys, I brought something specifically to address the season, the time. So if you don't mind, I'll kick it off. I mean, it is that season, whatever season you're dressing, it is oh. that one. Everybody's had this before, but mm. I saw this for the first time, and I just had to get it because um, it is the sequench. It is the, the perfect April to summertime beer, if you ask me. Honestly, uh, I think sequenches are just fantastic. It's made by Dogfish Head, of course. Yep. Um, very drinkable, like crushable, right? I mean, lime, black bear, uh, or black pepper, excuse me. Uh, there, there's some sea salt in here. It's just a really great summertime. When it's hot, you're mowing the lawn, you're, you're doing yard work, you're just outside in general. Maybe you're at the beach. Um, the the sequench maybe you're, from... You're mowing the lawn at the beach. I don't know. I mean, that's yeah, weird... maybe you are. Yeah. I don't know. That's you might have thing that. to do. Some people like that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I just, you know, this is one of my favorite beers, I think, seasonally because um, it's so, so refreshing and it's already so damn hot. And I don't know about you guys, but I didn't have AC for a whole week. Um, so it was a real, real brutes. But this, this beer has came through. We sat on the pool deck, drank a couple of these guys until um, we can get that fixed. But luckily, um, everything did work out here. And uh, it's just been a very, very nice time enjoying this very, very sessionable, very drinkable, very refreshing beer. So if you've never had it before, a sequench by Dogfish Head uh, basically has this salty, limey, you know, kind of flavor to it. And it is just nothing but refreshing. There's no aftertaste. Uh, it's a little bit sour. Obviously, it's a session sour, which would, would make it sour. But it's not overbearing. It's not 
unpalatable. If you like sours, if you don't, if you're a wine drinker, if you're a craft beer drinker, like this beer really applies to everybody. Now, it's not a 7%, 8%, 9%er. It's not going to get you, you know, fecured off your sneakers with one beer, but man, it's just a good drinking beer and I've really always enjoyed it. So every time it comes to this time of year, I'm always thankful because I just happen to glance down and say, hey, we're going to spend a lot of time in the yard this weekend and uh, there's the uh, there's the Dogfish Head uh, sequench. So that's what I brought. I have nothing else to say. We've reviewed it on the show before, but man, it is about that time and it is good to have. You, and that so, is going to uh, be in my golf bag. <laughs> all the other seltzers it should be uh, and, and drinks that i have but this is not one. a seltzer no, thank you very no, much no <laughs> i only drink seltzers playing golf but that will be in there because it's mm. you know the sequence ale it's just salty <laughs> it's got the right amount of salt with the right amount of like 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 just choke and like just niceness from like actual barley flavor of beer it's like this barley and this salt lime mixture yep just mixes perfectly and it makes this really drinkable beer whenever it's hot outside so that's it. what i brought you you got a yep. weird way of celebrating getting your ac back by working <laughs> in your entire backyard for the whole thing of your weekend like that's weird but i, I respect yeah. it well we got ac now so we're good but yeah. but what'd you guys bring well if i can have your attention please Oh, yes, sir. That's what I brought. Attention, please. Nicely done. Please. Who the hell makes that? (laughs) The uh, Bearded Iris out of uh, Nashville, as a matter of fact. Uh, I picked this up a few weeks ago. I I, I know we haven't spoken, or I don't even think we've had a podcast uh, since before uh, or since after I went, but I was in Nashville and um, didn't get to make it to any of the breweries like I wanted to, but fortunately, the public's up there. Still had a great craft beer selection. So sure. the very first morning that I was there, we were just walking along. I was like, oh, there's a Publix. Perfect. Walked in, and I just grabbed a bunch of six-packs from all different sorts of breweries. This one I happened to pick up, and it is phenomenal. Uh, it's verbosely tropical expression of bright, bold citra carried on a pillowy mouthfeel to ensure this double IPA is always ready to have the last word. It's 8.2%, mostly citra hops, cloudy, pillowy, tropical, very refreshing. Last man, Donnie, I think you guys would both really enjoy this. I do have one more to share, uh, but that'll be at the bottle share at Brew next Tuesday. So if you guys can make it out, awesome. If not, you'll have to go to Nashville. (laughs) Hey, just a question. Can you define pillowy? I think light, light on the palate. Like you know, it's not like overly bitter. It's not heavy. It's I've only it's soft. I've only known someone you know to eat a pillow once, and that was Lost Man. So I'm just wondering if that matches up to his expectation. It it was technically gauze, but yep. <laughs> it's not got a lot of that uh, IPA bite. It is more of a New England style. It's very juicy, very hazy, but it doesn't have a lot of that because Citra has a higher alpha acid as well. So it's definitely you can tell. The hops are added later in the addition or uh, later in the boil, um, so it's more juicy, more aromatic, pillowy, and less gauze flavored. I imagine <clears throat> gauze flavored. Yeah, I don't know what gauze flavored is. <laughs> I don't. I don't want it's it's like a bandage. So why would I, why would it do that? No, man. Why I mean, wouldn't you? To, so that's why I did it. <laughs> the can's really cool too. It makes me think about the Matrix. You know? Yeah, it has that look about it. I like it. Yeah. So, if you guys are in Nashville, good on you. If you're some not, of us go are. get it. <laughs> like our right. good friend Chet, who's there right now. Tell yeah. Chet to go to Publix and pick some up. <laughs> That's right. Go to Publix in Nashville. Pick some up, Chet. Bring your own pillow. Heard. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's fine. Okay. All right, Lawson, what, what the hell did you bring? <laughs> so I didn't bring anything that's new to the show. I brought something that's already been reviewed and talked about several times. I brought the Hilo. I actually did it. I uh, hmm. I did not buy it individually. I just said, you know what? I saw uh, an assortment pack that had the High Lie. That's exactly what we had. Yep. The and, Florida Man. Uh, the Florida Man. And it also had the... Uh, the Gaia Guava Berry. Guava Guava Berry. Yeah, I, Guy I Berry. almost reviewed that one. Re- review that one next week because I'd like to hear what you say about it. Or next, okay. next episode because I'd love to hear what you say about it. But. Absolutely. So I got the Hilo. Gotta be honest. I can tell that it's light, which is not a bad yeah. thing or a good thing. Sure. Um, it's just sort of a neutral thing. Yep. I don't know if I enjoy what they left on, you know, in terms of meat on the bone. <clears throat> the when hang, they took yeah. this and made it lighter. Uh, I would say I'm probably not going to drink, you know, I, I still stand by. I'm probably not going to go out and buy this specifically. I would not poo-poo it if I went to some sort of outing and it was available. I would say, oh, you know, but, you know, if there was just like, let's say just a complete uh, hypothetical, say there was Bud Light and this, I would, I, I might swing for this, the high-low. Um, but you know, not poo-pooing Bud Light or anything like that, but just saying, you know, to get a little bit of different taste and whatnot. So is it great in my opinion? Um, I wouldn't consider it one of my favorites, but I'm sure to the right drinker out there, I mean, somebody might really enjoy this and, you know, mix between high-low and high-lie. Now, now, now specifically, I have two questions for you. Like, what don't you like about it compared to what you do like? So like, like I, you can compare it to the highlight. That's fine. But of course the highlight is like the pinnacle, you know, of what a good, what I think a good IPA should taste like. So, you know, like what, what do you see or what do you immediately not like about this? That's so different from a beer like the highlight. Yeah. So I feel like the highlight is almost more full bodied and this is like half bodied. Yeah. Um, because, but you hate the body part. Cause like, you're not a guy that's like, Oh, I want a really thick beer. It's just like, I don't true. But I mean, at least with a high lie, I expect it. And with a high low, I get the initial taste of a high lie. And then all of a sudden it just sort of fizzles out and it's just bubbles and more of an acidic type bite, which mm-hmm. I don't enjoy. Um, and then the aftertaste is just not, not great. It, it almost tastes like, uh, just, um, I don't know. I, I want to say like that the tap was all funked up when they tried to pour a highlight, and it just got too much carbonation or something. Yeah, and I want I want Ryan. I want your take on this because I know you've had them too. But like, if so, in my opinion, if I was drinking a high lie, and that's a hundred percent, right? Like that's a hundred percent. That's as good as you can get, in my opinion, for that particular style of beer. And then you drink a high low. It's it's not seventy five percent. It's it's almost like you get a sixty percent of the beer you really like, as in like everything is just toned down a little bit. Like Lau said, it's it's a lighter body, it's a lighter finish, it's a lighter this. It doesn't. It's like almost having a beer and then a gluten free version of that beer, where there's like just something missing. Yep. You well, know. Yeah. Well, they got to cut out a lot of the ingredients. Sure. To sure. Keep sure. It, yeah. yeah absolutely. They got to cut about seventy calories, right? Like they had to yeah. cut a whole lot, a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. That means grain, which you know takes away from yep. body mouthfeel. Yep. Uh, you can't have as many hops. You got to reduce that as well, you yep. know. So, and of course, Sugars lower less, a- yeah, everything's less in it. Lower so. ABV, yeah. you know, yeah. which so. isn't a dig. It's just you know that's exactly what they said. They pretty much delivered on what they said. <laughs> they said lower yep. alcohol, lower you know calories, and I mean, which I don't think it's isn't good a marketing bad thing to say lower taste or anything like that. And I'm not <clears throat> ensuing that, but 
Yeah. What's, like, uh, what's, that, what's that other beer um, where they have the, 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 the low-cal? Uh, Dr. Sh- Shit has a, has a solo as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, it's just drinkable. It's 3%. You know, it's yeah. great for fishing. It's still beer, so, so- but it's 3%. So my, my point in all this is that I'm, I'm saying that because I, I literally just threw out 60% as a, as a rough figure as to like, if you like high lie, imagine a beer that's got 60% of that, that pow. So not a hundred percent, 60%, 40% less. It, it, I just Googled it right now. And, and high lie has 330 calories per Jesus. Wow. So the high low has 120 period. And it goes from seven and a half percent to four percent alcohol. So it's literally sixty percent of of that beer in all ways to Sunday. So for that effort, I don't hate it. Right? Yeah. I don't hate the high low. I understand sure. I'm drinking a lighter beer. But last my, my I said I had two questions. My second question to you is would you at sixteen ninety nine a twelve pack compared twelve ninety nine for a twelve pack of Bud Light? Would you buy Bud Light or High Low, given the four to six dollar price difference? Uh, I would buy Bud Light. I yeah. would. Yep. Yeah. And interesting. My reasoning be- is because uh, basically, I um, I know Bud Light is kind of like a standard, so it's like cool. sort of just one of those ones where, like, to Ryan's point, he said like, "Oh, you know, it's like a fishing beer," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, like to me, like a Bud Light is a fishing beer, like a Bud Light, a Coors Light." I could just sit there, you know, not saying that I would, but like four hour fishing endeavor, I, I couldn't drink these for four hours. I would just not, uh, it's too much flavor. If I tried to have a sandwich, it'd be weird. Like it, I just, it wouldn't be for me, but a Bud Light, once you get on that fishing plane, you just go, oh yeah, beer is water. And I can just drink all those whenever I eat or, you know, need <laughs> water. <laughs> like, so, and then obviously you drink some water, everyone out there, please hydrate, but yeah, no, I would not. I would not enjoy the taste of this for four hours in terms of fishing. Like that would just be a bit much, and I would come out just at the end, at the tail end of it, I would be burnt out, and I would just say, like, you know, often somebody has a beer when they're done fishing, and it's like, well, no, thank you. I, I couldn't do that. Too much taste, too much flavor, too much, too much going on for too long. So, um, but again, not a slam, not a burn. It just, uh, again, perfectly drinkable, but I just wouldn't say it's for me. Okay. So yeah. it's on no. my scale. It's uh, okay. It's okay. All right. Well, that's fine. And that's okay. And that's that's exactly why we have, you know, this kind of dialogue just to see. But, but I think that's a valid point. And I, I was genuinely interested in seeing, like, what your thoughts were because – I, I I said I liked it. I do like it. I like it a whole lot, the high-low. But I, it is by no means going to replace anything I drink, you know, now. So, so, so be it. But but I do think that – I think there's a place for it. I think if I was just trying to support, you know, local and trying to drink something that tastes like a craft beer but isn't, I think that's it. And, yep. and I like that more than the, the low – the so low from Dogfish Head, Ryan. You just talked about that one. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly like the high-low better than that. Um, but, but you know, again, it's not, a, it's not an everyday thing that I would grab. I, I would probably do that or save it for folks that I was trying to ease on into craft beer. But that's why they exist, and that's why I think they're, they're doing well. So I think that's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, on to some good news. We have some good news. Um, basically, there there's a lot that happened, right? We're, we're in the middle. Well, not middle, I guess. But a, a year ago and some change, this thing called the pandemic, the pandy, as we call it, 
you know, kind of happened on the on the global economy. And there's been some things that happened. There was a recent um, report from the Brewers Association in early April as we move into our um, beer news section here that says that independent brewers collectively produce 23.1 million barrels of beer um, <clears throat> 2020. Now that is a a nine percent decline from 2019, which is which is ex- acceptable. I mean, I think understandable. We were talking going into 2020 or going through March of 2020, knowing that we were going to lose 35 percent of the local breweries that we have today, right? And that was just a shame. But a nine percent decline, um, you know, that's that's I think that's acceptable. I think that's that's about as good as you could ha- hope for. So that that's fantastic that craft brews and independent breweries are sustaining, um, you know, their own survival that way. But but there still was you know a job decrease of about fourteen percent um, in twenty twenty compared to nineteen, uh, and that that is a, 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 a scary decline and a problem. Twenty percent that's one fifth, right? That's a lot. It's a lot less jobs in twenty twenty. But I think twenty twenty one is what this is this is painting the picture for. It will look a lot better. Um, on the tail end of 2020, we were looking at about 8,700 craft breweries or independent breweries, and that's that's fantastic. So I still think that we are going to hover around that number into this year, which I think we're at currently, and then beyond this year. So looking at 2022, I think that we'll 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 crack 9,000 breweries um, nationwide, which is just in, incredible, and I think that's just fantastic. But what those numbers really mean, I wanted to share with you guys so that we could talk about it. Um, Per capita, right? So California is, is has the most craft breweries in, in any state in the United States, and they've got about nine hundred and fifty uh, craft breweries, which is which is awesome. But per capita, they're rather middling because uh, Vermont has about fifteen point four breweries for every one hundred thousand adults, and California just doesn't have that. There's just too many people in California. Um, you, you go to yeah, it's oversaturated. You go to a place like Mississippi. And they've got 12, 12 craft breweries in the entire state of Mississippi, which is bizarre. Um, but they also, you According know, have the market laws. And did, did, well, yeah, They're, they have some different laws. They're mostly moonshine over there. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they may just don't drink as much craft beer. And I get that. They don't have 12 to 1,000. That's nuts. That's a crazy train uh, or change. But, um, but yeah, and then you look at places like, you know, the, um, the District of Columbia, right? Washington, D.C., if you will. Uh, ranks 33rd in breweries per capita, which which is just nuts because they they actually don't have um, you know that many breweries. They just have a very very small area. So it it just goes to show you that like there's still plenty of room for growth, specifically Mississippi, but anywhere else there, there's a lot of room for brewery growth. But I wanted to throw that to you guys because it, just looking at taking a cold hard look at the last year in craft beer, and this is where we're at. I think it's hopeful. It paints a good story, but but what do you guys feel about this? I feel like specifically for Mississippi, I mean, just kind of going with their heritage and like the things that they've you know gone through technology wise. How cool would it be if they had like a paddle wheel style brewery that was all in a boat? That would be great, and they could just suck up water from the Mississippi and just do all that. That'd be awesome. It'd be so Mississippi, it's like... I think sucking up water from the Mississippi would be gross. Look, man, they could filter it, all right? Could they? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they have a still on there. <laughs> they can swing over to those good old boys and get a still. And they, I don't know. I just thought it'd be cool. Like, swing, how cool lang, be? lang. How cool would, like, a boat format... I mean, tell me why it wouldn't work. Like, a boat format brewery. 
Really, really small. <clears throat> and you could be mobile. Have you ever tried to boil water on a boat while it's moving? Hmm. Not good. I, I'd be lying if a I lot said of I think that. I think what Last Man is saying is that there could be a brewery, and then there outside the brewery could be a boat where you could go and buy the beers while taking a tour down the Mississippi, but not actually brewed on the boat. No, he or was saying you want, I'm saying a hundred. We all boat. just call it the Mississippi. Yeah, that'd well, be you dope. said Mississippi. You forgot the two, you forgot the other two S's altogether. <laughs> I'm trying to call it the Mississippi, dude. That'd be awesome. Well, you need the I. It'd be an old, <laughs> but you old know, school. you 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 pull up. Yeah, old school. Yeah. You got the brewery on the land, and then you pull up, and you got the boat, and you get on the yeah. ferry, and then you just drink. You know, I, I like your idea, Ryan. Well, but I'm talking about a boat that is a brewery that can go places. Literally, it's a I mean, think that you, goes. You cross places. state lines and all sorts of crap. Then you get in trouble because you're talking about four hours here. And if you're just motoring up to Mississippi, which is what we're calling it now, um, you know you can get into some troubled waters. Ugh. <laughs> it was an idea. I, I'd all like right. to hear where where Lost Man is going with this. I really would. Well, I please explain the rest of where your I'm, idea, my friend. I was intrigued. Where, 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 where I'm going? I mean, I don't know. It was just a rando idea, man. But how cool would it be, Canada? If you could do like a microbrewery on a boat, that'd be dope. That's all I have to say on that. Like, you don't need an address; you just go. I just don't like. I don't, like you know, you know. It reminds me of like the cruise ships that go offshore and then do casino boats. It's like yeah. I get a rogue wave. My whole roulette take game is off. Like I don't <laughs> want my beer to get ruined because they got too rocky or bumped into a shore. I, I, I could see where fermentation would have some trouble. Plus, if it no. exploded on a boat, like you'd be a whole lot worse. That's trouble true. Then you just exploding you in like a warehouse. You stay at port for fermentation, and then you go on, and then you do like bottle shares, and you just go up and down, and everything's great. There's a Not lot of adversity port, to overcome. I agree. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of logistics. A lot of, lot of turbulence. A lot of, a lot of wake. They call that cavitation, but I'll allow it. <laughs> cavitation. What is that? No, I'm kidding. It was. It was a. Uh, Cavitation is when a propeller goes through the water and it creates air bubbles because it's disrupting the water so much. Mm, so Fun it's not fact for the day. Louse facts. <laughs> new Louse new facts. bit right there. Louse facts. Give me a Louse facts clean clean take. Louse facts. <laughs> All right. That's perfect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So the next story, that's that's fantastic, and yeah, I, I agree. I mean, who, who the hell knows, man? I just think that like that, that this growth sign is good. The fact that we didn't retract so much is what I think I'm most hopeful for. So I'm, I I think it's cool. Yeah, it's a cool thing. And that was an article from the InsideHook.com. Um, please check them out if you want to read more. In the meantime, there is a certain Publix in South Tampa. Before uh, the, the cold open here, which the folks may not have, have heard, but. Um, we we were talking about Publix and, and how Ryan was able to find a, a great Publix in Nashville. You said, Nashville. excuse me, Nashville. Yeah, and and they had um they had a good beer selection. Well, well, there's a Publix in South Tampa that is closing to remodel to make this open air kind of market, kind of green wise, kind of hybrid with an actual craft beer bar in South Tampa. Now, I don't know what you guys out there know about Publix, but shopping is a pleasure, so I am sure that drinking will also be a pleasure at your local Publix pours. Now, I think pours is a weird word for Publix. Like, it's it's a Publix pours. I'm like, that doesn't... It does make sense, but I just think it's not... 
it's a weird name for Publix because they're so oddly conservative and like stuck to the roots and old school stuff. But it can't get better than shopping in a Publix unless they give you craft beer while you shop. And this is going to have olive bars and like sub bars and all this stuff. It's going to be a very much free kind of open area. Drink your beer. Your carts now have cup holders. An open bar. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm all about. So, um, boys, we're all local here. You know, this is this is a straight up local section or a local story. But man, how exciting would it be to go into a Publix, be able to drink good craft beer and do your shopping? Where shopping, yes, my friends, is a pleasure. I mean, I, I I saw this article the other day too, and I thought it was a fantastic idea. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they it's just for beer, or they can all you can buy a beer and then you can also go go grocery shopping. Is that the theme, or is it just what, what for I, beer? What I was told, well, it's not just for beer. So there, this type of a Publix pours or this type of offering, they offer you know kombucha, acai bowls, wine, and craft beer. But the the thing that made it really stick out to me in the story was that. Some of the features in the store offer cup holders in your shopping carts, yes. which makes me think <laughs> that you can sip while you shop. And they had indoor, outdoor seating, meeting spaces, all sorts of stuff. So this ain't your grandpappy's Publix, Ryan. Let okay. me tell you that much. Well, but, I will but, shop at this Publix. Uh, <laughs> I will drive to South Tampa <laughs> I, to shop at I feel this like Publix. this is a long time overdue. Uh, doesn't well, Sprouts you, do this already in some fashion? Sprouts does this. Whole Foods does this. That's what I, yeah, um, Whole certain, Foods. Certain, yeah. um, certain uh, fresh markets, you can get a beer while you shop. Like It's not like that's brand new stuff. That's yeah. not the new thing. It's it's this company that, that Laos Man, it, once in, a, in a, a far off age, you know, used to work for under the under the guise of, uh, you know, whatever his name was, the Mr. Publix himself. George I Jenkins. Mean, George Jenkins. Leroy? No, yeah, George no, Jenkins. it's um, George Jenkins. It's <laughs> Leroy Jenkins, yeah, but it was a very conservative shopping you know, experience, but they held on to these values that make it really, truly um, a great place to be, to shop. So, so I, I think it's fantastic, and I totally encourage it. Yeah, so, I'm looking forward to this. Um, you know, more like of said, these. Uh, exactly. I mean, I've got a Publix right, right near my house. I wouldn't mind. You know, yeah. going yeah. shopping, grabbing a brewski. You know, you're probably apt to buy more. <laughs> You'll be apt to buy a whole lot more stuff. Your decision making more- process will be a little. Eh, yep, eh. I can. Yeah. I can yeah. actually attest to that. So, again, I'm fortunate enough to be in Lakeland and have a Greenwise down the street. They already have, I think, what is either the test kitchen for that or mm. the actual full-blown model for that. Because I believe it, yeah. we do have shopping carts with cup holders. I have been shopping several times with cup holders and a beer. We are able to walk around with those beers, wine, whatever. Um, mm. the, a K, bold, that I can't pronounce that Donnie said. Um, I'll say. Okay. Um, so, Asshole. So, okay. Um, so it is actually far more glorious than you guys are actually selling it. It's the best. So initially you walk in and you get a shopping cart, standard issue. Immediately we make a left. We hit the, I don't know if it's officially called a pours, but it's some sort of cantina. 
We don't ask questions. We just it's get probably the test lines. kitchen, like you we, said. Lake they should be testing this in Lakeland. They probably are testing in Lakeland. They I think just they don't did. get the traffic they're going to get from a South Tampa. That's all. Yeah, and it's absolutely glorious. I have a beer. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend has a you know wine or whatever, and we just sort of go about our way. We buy way too much food. We love it. Um, buy a lot of cowboy bacon. Need not explain that. Um, we just go on, and um, everything's got a cup holder. It's absolutely glorious. It's fully endorsed. And it's a fantastic shopping experience. So, I mean, I'm so hopeful that this hits every single Publix. I doubt it will. It'll probably hit select big, you know, big ticket Publixes, but, or Publixes. I don't really know how to, what's the plural? Publixes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but either which way, I mean, it's a fantastic model. And I just fully endorse it. So, it's been good to me so far. I've enjoyed it. I've literally went to events close by that I was like, well, I was like, I'd really love to grab a beer, but like, you know, they don't really do beers where I'm going. I'm like, I'll just grab a sandwich and a beer and then I'll do that and go there. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. um, that's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Yeah. Hope this takes off. Well, I don't think it's exactly comparable to like a Sprouts, Ryan. I was trying to look it up because there is one place in South Tampa that has this, and it's a two-story. There's like a restaurant upstairs. There's a full-blown like grocery market downstairs, and you can grab a beer and walk around and get all your like little you know hipster herbs and spices and meats and whatever. It's it's kind of like all these things meshed into one, which I still think is is cool to do. But but I am excited to see this, and I think if the market um lets this thing flourish and gets well received then we'll see more of these so I Publix agree. is great i like i love Publix. it's an employee owned you know solely owned family company and and as big in, in whatever they are they make pretty good decisions they don't shit on people they're not walmart's of the world they're not the you know targets they're not the massive massive megacorps that they should be given their market, you know, uh, strength and things like that. So I love Publix, and and I think that anything like that that can help Publix grow and experience that in a different vein and, and you know get into a different market, go for it. So Absolutely. big fan, big, have, big fan. I have one more thing to say. So I, yeah. you, you did touch briefly, and I'll keep it very brief. You touched briefly on some sort of outdoor seating, right? So like that sounds like the two tables that you see, the two round tables that you see with some sort of umbrella, which is already under a covered awning outside of every single Publix. Am I right? No? Not mine. Not mine. Okay, wow. So sometimes they put like a little round table, and you can see it, and that's great. Not that's since COVID. Okay. So it sounds okay. Whatever. Um, so Greenwise has taken that to the next level. They literally created an outdoor patio with multiple levels of seating. You've got your high tops, you've got literal like tabletops, and then you've got like some sort of couch seating with a mid uh, sort of like coffee table. Weirdly enough, they also have TVs that are within glass that are usually playing um, local, or not local sports, but like the big sporting events. Yep. I've actually watched a few uh, Bucks games there. And then on top of all of that, some of the tables, I'm going to say about 25% of the tables, have a small that lightning bolt on the actual side of the table. And it's actually a wireless charger. And I've tested it myself with my iPhone 8. And I've hmm. actually been able to charge my phone, eat a sandwich, watch TV, and drink a beer all at the same time at Greenwise. So, again, I don't know if all these attributes are going to be coming to these um, pours, but um, or any Publix, you know, beyond that, then they know what they're doing. 
Oh, they do, because that is a glorious environment to be charging my phone, watching the TV, eating my sandwich, out in the open air, during a COVID time, while drinking a beer. I mean, I'm, I'm not fibbing on any of that. That's all legit. So Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they do. And, and I think the, the best part about Publix is that they actually sit there and they like listen and they think about what they're doing. And they're like, hey, we're going to do this correctly. We're going to do this right. We're, we won't do it first. That's for damn sure. But we'll do it correctly. And that's what I like about Publix. So excited to see that. But but anybody else that lives in the lower southeastern United States, um, look forward to that. Because if this thing does well here, I'm sure it's not the only one they're testing. Like Wells said, they are from Lakeland. I'm sure there's going to be several pop-ups that, that, that are or locations that are amended. So let's encourage it to do well. I hope it does. Uh, but I think now is the right time. Iron's hot. People are itching to do stuff. They want a new experience. They're sick of ordering all their groceries online. They're going to eventually go back to the grocery store. This is a great way to get them back. So I love it. I love it. Good up, Publix. Yep. Good on Publix for the the first non-conservative move they're making, but that's cool. Um, (laughs) Anyways, as we move into Mm, the- No, you can can have a beard when you work there now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now um, we're moving on into the geek news section, and boys, I just want to throw it to you, Fast and Furious. We've had so the podcast has gotten some hits recently from recent game developers. <laughs> Obviously, I throw out all the time that we're big fans of the Oculus, we're big fans of VR, we're big fans of the Steam. We love, you know, we love some um, some Skyrim. We love some other, you know, some of these hot games out there. I have gotten my hands on it. I don't know what kind of rabbit hole i went down but we've been offered a couple of exclusive not exclusive so much it was part of the beta test for some of these games but there's some really cool stuff so last year again with pandemic obviously a lot of studios a lot of smaller studios specifically got put on hold and they weren't able to produce the games they wanted to a couple of those games that that i've been watching did come to beta this i'd say last few weeks or months so i'm just gonna run through them real quickly i don't think these are gonna apply and if they don't no need to comment on them, but Lausman, I think you're going to like a couple of these, and we've teased them you know, a little bit here and there, but the first one is Mortal Online 2. So Mortal Online 2 is currently in beta. In fact, they just closed their beta, and they're moving to a full subscription model, which is about 15 bucks a month, and I do not appreciate that at all. There is a lifetime subscription. It's several thousand dollars, which I, again, do not support. Don't Jesus. like it. But here's the kicker. This game, Mortal Online 2, it's the next generation first person sandbox MMORPG, which means it's like you are creating a character that will live for 100, 200, 300 hours, however long you want to put into this game. The the kicker that makes this game, it's basically like your Skyrim type of game, but it kind of puts Skyrim on crack because Everything is customizable from your sword, the hilt, the length of the blade, the type of blade, the style of the blade, and this applies to every weapon that you have, in addition to how you fight. So you can fight, you can block, you can strike this way, strike that way, strike up, strike down, strike from the corner, strike over. It has the most customizable crap that I've ever seen in any single video game, and it looks breathtaking. In fact, I took a bunch of screenshots and a bunch of videos before the closed beta had actually closed, and I'm going to put that up as a video on our YouTube channel, um, Crap Reason Geek News, but it is really exciting. And Ryan, I don't think this is necessarily your thing, but Lausman, I do think being from the Skyrim kind of vein, this is like Skyrim on crack with ultimate customization. How does that make you feel just off the cuff? 
Because I'll tell you my opinion. <laughs> I mean, immediately, I would like to say it probably feels like Skyrim on Skuma, um, mm. which is a deep, deep which is joke. notoriously a, yeah. a narcotic from Skyrim. <laughs> yep. Uh, I would just like to make that quick correction, but then moving yep, yep. beyond that. Uh, well, there's 421. But go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, hey, bro. Um, <laughs> hey, <now>, bro. <laughs> Skuma. It sounds amazing. It sounds a bit daunting, if I'm honest. So. Yeah. I get I get two sort of visions here. I get the the vision where it attempts to go down a road where everything's so unique and it's so amazing that it won't work very well. Um, but I also get the vision where on the uh, almost like a parallel universe, I get the vision that it might be truly the first step towards all of us living in the player one or ready player one experience, like. That, that sort of movie where everything was just like what we were so impressed with that is everything's so unique and everything's so individual and then there's there's nods to everything and it's just all that and you know it's only going to take so long for somebody to be able to make a, a, a sword that looks like Kylo Ren's lightsaber like sure. that's just sure. that's, that's going to take mere moments really for this game so for everything to be so customizable everything's going to be so it's going to have to be regulated I mean, you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to do certain things, or if you do certain things, you're gonna be copyright infringement, and things just get weird. Like, I've seen games go down this road before, like Forza. Forza, I know, not a big game, not a huge game, whatever. I'll keep it brief. Um, it's it, pretty big. It, I mean, it's decently sized, yes, of course. But like, people were going through these things where they would make just beautiful renditions of like. I don't know, it was promotional things, it was things representing brands, it was all sorts of other stuff, and, like, you would see it all, and it was so individualized and so customizable, but at the end of the day, it was like, this is, this is, like, this thing that eventually, I mean, copyright stuff couldn't really touch because it was all made, it was all actually made, but it just made it so, every car you saw on an online race was, like, this wild-looking thing. And I think that's what it's gonna. It might be in that vein. Like it's not a bad thing. It's just like some sort of weird skin-based thing that people might really either get into or not really care and just want to play the game. No, the thing to your point, well, I remember that too because you you were like, "Hey, listen, the Forza, you could get this card. It was like the you know DeLorean from you know Back to the Future because somebody had made a skin that like they just put layer over layer over layer over it to make it look like that. This is a very similar thing." It's not, I don't think it's ever going to be to the point of where you're talking about, you know, copyright infringement or anything, because this is literally just about having ultimate custom customization over your character. But it also comes with the same kind of grind and the same kind of expectation where when you build your character, you can choose the age of your character and that impacts your stats. So if you're 23 years old, opposed to 45, you have different stats that your character is just fundamentally built with. And this this is the kind of customization I'm talking about where, like, if you're a diehard RPG MMO guy or girl, um, this is your shit. Me, not so much. It's like taking a subscription World of Warcraft, applying a Sky, Skyrim-level kind of facade on it, and then layering in this customization where you can be like, Hey man, not only can you customize your character to the nth degree, you can also customize everything they touch. And that's where the the tricky part becomes because somebody will get on there and they'll spend 300 hours a year or a quarter or every six months just pouring into this character, 
doing the menial grinding because they can just build their ultimate MMO RPG character. And for that, I appreciate it. For me, I always end up min-maxing my character and just trying to go for the most damage with the lowest amount of effort. And that's just what happens. And that's how I play MMOs and that's how I play RPGs essentially. But that's just how I play it. But Ryan, any any perspective on this? We can move to the next I mean, game. Like like you alluded to earlier, I you know don't really have any stake in the conversation. But a lot of what you guys have been describing um, reminds me of an anime called Sword Art, where you're just so like the the the, the premises where uh, the characters in this show are actually people that are in the real world in this virtual world and they're like trapped in it. Now, long story short, obviously that's not the case, but it's so immersive it seems where you could just spend hours upon hours. And, and it's you, not VR. It's not it's a not VR. It's not VR. No, no, no. Yeah. But you even talked about like you can pay thousands of dollars for a lifetime membership. Yeah. Like that to me is where I'm coming from with like this whole, uh, you know, f- feeling of being so immersed into this game where you'd want to spend thousands of dollars to just have a lifetime membership and be able to customize everything completely. That's that's kind of like my thought on it. Obviously, you're not going to get trapped in the game and potentially die if you get died if you get killed in the game. <laughs> but you like might. Sword Art. But you might. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It just seems it seems really cool, fascinating. But I'd want to play it, but I wouldn't want to get sucked into it. I yeah can't well yeah and let me tell you for me for me yeah and and the gameplay that i'll that i've i took and i'll share you know on the youtube channel um kind of explains that because it's like well this is really cool but like what ultimately am i doing if i'm just spending all my time crafting and trying to build these things and trying to do this stuff knowing that like like when i did it my character like i just killed zombies for like 45 minutes and my character couldn't move because it was like so overcumbered with like the weight and stuff that I, of the the loot that i was carrying and all that has to play into the equation so you've just got to have this constant state of like loot you know, kill, loot, explore, repeat, rinse, drop it off at the base, go back, do more, do more. It's like that loop some people really love. And the fact that you can go into a world that's so immersive, they had seven lands, seven lands on the initial start. And the game doesn't even come out for like, I guess another couple, six months or so. But the immersion, Ryan, to your point is there. And I get that. I just think that there's, there's a degree of like, I can't, devote all my life to this <laughs> and pay for it, you know, at the yeah. same time. So it's kind of like, I spent my very, last two grand on a lifetime it, membership. Yeah. It's, it's a real, <laughs> it's a real, online. it's a real like tough choice that you have to make, but some folks are into this. I just, the reason I wanted to highlight this is because I think that a, it's a smaller team. They made mortal online one, which was fail a good game, but had is flawed in, in very various reasons. This game is the next generation. I think it will be one that people talk about for a while pending. The pricing model is correct. People play it. It actually is a successful title and not just something that fills us out because when I played it, it was gorgeous. This is the beta, and this was three, two or three weeks ago. It was gorgeous. It was incredible. It was immersive. It was massive. The customization was just overwhelming. But if you spent more than two hours in this world, you could be like, wow, I really can see the value here and why people love this. So I'm all about games like this because I think it pushes the entire genre forward, you know, of, of these sandbox MMO RPGs. And I, I'm a big fan of that because I like those games a lot. But there's there's a time when we as gamers are going to be like, 
this only applies to like two percent of the gamers out there that I even know because it's just too intense and and so be it. So I don't know. I bought Skyrim six times. So I mean, you know, what can I say? <laughs> there should be like a, a, an achievement for that in every single variant yeah. where you just go, "Hey, you're an asshole." Yeah. Hey, butthole, you bought us six times. That's that's the only reason I bought it for. Let me count them. I think it's five. I bought it for. We've talked about this several times in the podcast. Oh yeah. Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. PlayStation VR, PC, I think I only bought PC VR. So I have it five times on five different consoles. But I love each individual one. When I go travel, when I used to travel in the before times, Skyrim on a plane, dude, yeah, I don't know what this cave is. I'm just going to go down there and see what this cave is. Like it just It's limitless exploration. It's just fantastic. And everything you do builds your character more. So Skyrim is a great game. This game, I think, has the potential to do it. I just... It's just not. It's not my cup of tea, and it's close, Fair. but it's just not my thing. So, so that's that one. Fair enough. But I had to bring that to the, the attention. Now, this one also, uh, this next one I wanted to bring up for both of you guys does have a VR component to it, and it's called Gang V. Now, this used to be called, I believe, Drive By until that was considered too offensive, <laughs> which I totally get. Yeah. But it's it's basically it's a battle royale take on GTA Five. Last man, I know you played GTA Five. Yes, Ryan, did you ever get in the the Grand Theft Auto? I 5? was in the Grand Theft Auto years ago when it first yeah. came out. Right, which what, has like been like eight years ago, two or three, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, things have much changed, like Skyrim. Anti gravity was awesome. I love that yeah. code. <laughs> so this is so this is this is the Fortnite, the PUBG, the whatever it is take on GTA, which is cool. Now. I played the Battle Royale mode of this demo, which is still active out there. And actually, anybody who wants to can get this whole game for free if you just watch the, twist, the Twitch drops from streamers, from local streamers that do you know, Gang V stuff. Every now and again, I think you have to watch them for an hour or so, and there's a chance you can get a free key on Steam for this game because they just want people to play this game. Got it. I think this game is, it's like a $12 game on Steam right now, and it's not even fully out yet. It's, it's still, I think, an alpha. But um, it, it's fun. And I played the, the VR version of this and the flat version of the Battle Royale mode. Didn't love it. What I really liked was playing the VR mode of this in open world setting. See, there's a setting you can, you can put on the game, and it's just one of the regular options, where you don't have to fight anybody, and you can just run around the world. And the reason that this makes it so different is that you can have your full VR, full GTA kind of experience, but the game is slightly different. So you can have two guns, and in VR, again, your guns are your hand. Like, you can pick up guns, put them in your pockets, basically, like your hands are. You can grab, you know, the steering wheel of the car and drive it with your actual steering, you know, hand. You can you can actually, like, take the gun out and hold it to people's, and, and like, literally, you know, rob them <laughs> for money. And, and part of the thing is, like, the whole game is you can go around these different places, and when there's businesses, you can go up to the business owner and rob the business owner, and if you kill the business owner, you then own the business which is crazy. So you can build passive incomes that you can buy better and bigger guns, which is also very exciting. So I don't know. Overall, I, I, I did enjoy the game itself. I think it's very flawed. It needed a lot of work, a lot of polishing, but that's why it's in beta and alpha and things like that. But if you were dying for like a, a GTA-type experience and you wanted it either in flat or VR and you were a big Battle Royale guy or girl... This is a great game for you, man, because like it's very much polished as much as 
Grand Theft Auto was, Grand Theft Auto Five, when it was released. And that's what I want to say, because Grand Theft Auto Five has put a lot of money into it, a lot of time, a lot of renovations, a lot of updates and stuff that were all great. This game will get there, but it is a lot of fun to be in this giant world, fly planes, you know, steal cop cars, do whatever you want to, and, and still have this battle royale experience that is really neat. So um, it's called Gang V. It's on Steam now. Um, and again, if you want it for completely free, just just Google, you know, how you can get some Twitch drops for Gang V. And if you Google Twitch drop, drops Gang V, you'll get you'll you can find streamers that will give you the code. But but what do you guys think about that kind of premise for a game? Yeah, so so I'm I'm a big fan. Um, uh, you know, I just want to remind everyone how interesting the Grand Theft Auto Five launch was, because uh, it was it was a while ago. But man, it was hard to be a, a, a like a week one Fan? day one. Yeah, no. Uh it, it was very difficult and now they you know they've they've dialed in so much of it. It's actually, you know, just a gorgeous fun time. Um they recently actually had I read an article where some hacker had figured out a way to cut the the loading time, the initial loading time of either I think it was either campaign or multiplayer or both in half because that was always like a bummer and you were always just like hey i'll play gta 5 in five minutes but like yeah like they 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 actually saw this hacker they noticed a hacker figure out a way to rearrange things and don't tell me how computers work because i won't understand it but they they figured out a way or this hacker did and they actually made an update that utilized some of his uh actual actions uh, and they made some some of the loading times a lot faster. So um, I love how GTA V has developed. Um, I hope this game follows suit because these types of games, I mean, they come out and they have some issues. And that's, to your point, Donnie, very well known. But, I mean, they can be done very well. I would say GTA is at a very good spot. And they should be. They've been out for several years. So um, I, I'm excited. I would like to see this. I would like to play this. I will be pursuing this in the future. Well, do do check out the um the the link we have here in the in the show notes because you can get it for free. I mean, it's only fourteen bucks, right? Because the idea is that just like Fortnite or anything else, you'll buy skins, you'll buy new maps, you'll buy new whatever. Oh, of course. Got it. But it, but it is kind of a cool experience, and the fact that you can switch it VR non VR and just have this full experience. It, it was really fun. Like we were just robbing people. I was just mowing down people, flying airplanes. Like it was pretty cool to be complete VR, whatever you want in like a city. You know, it's just it's very it's a very unique experience compared to like a Fortnite. So um, I really enjoyed it. But but yeah, that's it. Ryan, I do have a game for you. You do. I do. Now this is only. Only on the Oculus. Well, I guess it's only on you know Steam VR, which which could be a couple other platforms. But it's called Cards and Tankards, and it just it Cards literally is still tankards. in beta. And this okay. is a free a free game if anyone wants to try it out. And if you're an Oculus um, user, you can try it out for free. I don't think it's on Steam just yet, but it is on SideQuest, which is a which is a platform for Oculus users to um, to get you know uh, demos and things like that at games. But but Ryan, it's essentially like I don't want to say it's Magic the Gathering. Because what it is, it's a, it's, it's a role-playing um, card game, tabletop card game, RPG, if you will, where you get a deck of cards. And your deck of cards corresponds to your actual units on the field. So you can have, like, 
you know, and I don't know how magic works per se, but you can have a guy in your deck that has a special power. And so you can put the card down, it materializes as an actual token, you push it forward, and then all of a sudden he's fighting your opponent's cards. And you can layer spells and wish, not wishes, but like stuff on top of that. Like you give him extra points, extra HP. Every attack he makes does two extra damage. You get extra mana, that kind of stuff. It's really cool. And it's all in VR. And that's what I like about it. It's called tar- Cards and Tankard. So the, the essential idea is that you go into a tavern, get a beer, sit down, and play some, some RPG cards. And I think that's kind of a really cool thing. And Ryan, it's a completely free game um, right now, at least. If you had a VR, you know, I think that you'd really enjoy it because you love talking to people, you like meeting people, and you like playing Magic. And like, I think that that's a really cool uh, interactive version Virtual. of this. and it's it's pretty rudimentary like i'm not gonna lie it's it's kind of you know a little bit out there in fact like i don't love it's it reminded me of playing pokemon cards loss because like in your head you're like i imagine that when i throw my ponita down there's an action happening right like you're fighting the opponent and blah 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 but these little tokens appear and you can push your character up like a chess piece and say well i'm gonna fight your blob monster or whatever it is their monsters and stuff are a little weak but the the premise is there and i think it's a really cool game Hmm. for for a beta it's more of like a social card playing game you know card tabletop card game than it is like you know a a magic or a DD so much but it's really cool and ryan when i when i was playing through the first couple tutorial sessions i really thought of you because i was like this is incredible um, and this is this is something that I think you would really love. You're just talking to the opponent also. But like, you guys can just bullshit. We can have fun. I can't see your cards. You can't see mine. And we can just throw them down at each other and see who wins. Who's who's at the stronger deck? That kind of stuff. So I know that you like the card games, but like, how does that premise feel to you? Feels natural, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I haven't seen it. If, the, if so, I can't really comment. But it sounds like something I would want even Magic to be able to do. You know, when you throw, a I'm surprised out. they haven't really. Well, they, I mean, they've got their online arena, which is pretty true, and they've they've got some other, you know, different types of games where you kind of see the creatures come to life, and there's some action to it. Not the same as the card game, but um, it sounds interesting. And, and and then Donnie, what was that other game that that uh, we were playing uh, with with that um, that that movie, that video, uh, the 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 Witcher? What was that game? Oh, Gwent. Gwent. I mean, that yeah. was kind of fun too, you know? So this sounds like a strategic way to interact with somebody else. And, and, and since it's VR, so what, you go into this platform, you actually get to meet and interact that's, with people. That's the beauty of it. You walk into a tavern, you're like, hey, you know, I uh, see your colors are red and blue. My colors are green and red. And, you know, fuck you. <laughs> you can <laughs> literally just be like, hey, let's go settle this on the on the tabletop. And you okay. just grab a dude in the bar and be like, we're going to go, we're going to go scrap, dude. That's it. And so you just go up to a table. He sits on that side. I sit on this side. And you're like, show me your best cards. You lay them out. And we just, you just play. And that's, that's where I think the beauty of it is. Once you're a player and you get it, you can walk into a tavern. You've got your deck. And you're like, hey, throw me a beer, bartender. I'm going to just sit down and, and just beat this guy's ass. I think that's – that's, I'm not there yet. And, again, I've only played for a few hours. But I really think that's where it can get to where you literally just – and when I say walk into a tavern, it's literally like you just go to the server, select the tavern you want to be in, and hop in there. And there may be three guys there out of 16 or four or five or ten out of 16 or whatever. But you go in there and you say, I'll challenge anybody in here. I will take your ass to town. Sit down at the table right now with me and let's play. And that's what you can do. And I think that's 
that's the kind of cool stuff that I, that like a Magic or a Gwent or like yeah. any other add-on card game doesn't have. I think I just think that's a very unique factor, and it's going to take a certain caliber of people that like a like those tabletop card games. B can wrap their mind around a brand new one that's got all new mechanics and not all new. I mean, it's like, you know, plus two damage, minus one mana. I mean, that kind of stuff is pretty natural. That's pretty common for tabletop games like this. But then again, you also have little little figurines that you push out and say, well, I'm going to fight your sheep with my, you know, donkey slayer or whatever the hell it was. It, it's just a bizarre, it's a bizarre thing. And I'm not a card, a tabletop card guy like that. But I really found value in this. And I was like, I think this is a very unique experience where I'm just talking shit to the guy sitting across from me. He's got cards. I've got cards. And it just it just playing itself out. So I, I thought it was really cool. When when we get the chance to link, link up again, I'll, I'll definitely I'm gonna show you the demo or the beta of it. Yeah, that'd but, be pretty um, cool. Yeah, see, it's really cool. See, I feel like you buried the lead on this one, Donnie. I feel like um, you didn't draw enough attention to the fact that apparently your favorite Pokemon is Ponita. <laughs> well, that's just one that I don't know why I thought of Ponita. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you did either, but I feel like it's your favorite, and I feel like you should be branded as that. So moving forward, <laughs> in my head, I don't even see Pikachu. I just see Ponita and Charizard. So I mean, it's just whatever. I mean, that's cool, dude. I'm more Charizard's of a Blastoise, but good like, card. I get it. Like, you're out there. I'll take Pikachu over over either one. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Day. In all reality, it's uh, I'm more of a I'm more of a Vulpix boy, but like any game. Hey, Vulpix can transform into something pretty cool. Wait, I think no, that Wait, came from an Eevee. I'm talking, about? I'm talking about the one with three tails. Is that Vulpix? I forget who that uh, is. Well, that's an evolution of Eevee, I believe. Eevee, Eevee is the one I like because I can make you her can into use five the Moonstone, the Thunderstone, or the Firestone, and transform into Vulpix, which would be the the Firestone, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's it's yeah. no Magic Carp, so we can just move on. We There's all get Vaporeon. It. Vaporeon was the water one. I like that one. Yeah, and then Electron, some other crap. I don't like, know. Anyways, this isn't yeah. a Pokemon it, podcast. Well, right? hey, either way, I mean, I I do know some nerdy things for the people that don't think I know any nerdy things out there. I just okay. Refrain. So I'm <laughs> I'm also gonna take some screenshots and some videos uh, of cards and tankards. But again, anybody out there that has the that has an Oculus, it's called Cards and Tankards, and it actually sounds it, it seems like a pretty cool premise. I wanted to see it bank it, bake out. The reason I love doing these demos, guys, is that like I've done a couple of these too that I had to send sign NDAs for in the last two or three weeks. So I can't really talk about them. But the beauty of doing this is that you also get to learn about these games from the folks who developed them. And when I went into the Cards and Tankards first tavern, there was just two devs just stand. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm a developer of this game. Are you having fun? I'm like, I don't know anything about this game. Give me the whole spiel. And this guy talked to me for like 15 minutes. And oh, there's cool. also a crowd of 15 other people in this in this tavern. And I was like, this is just a cool experience. Like, it's not yeah. every day. And these guys are based on, I think these guys weren't. But the other game by resolution games that I, that I did demo was out of um, Sweden. And again, just walked into the, the main lobby. Hey, just a developer here, mortal online. They're out of Sweden. And they were like, Hey, we're just going to do Twitch streams for four hours a day. These set days, ask us anything you want. And you know, it was anywhere between 20 to 20 hundred, you know, to 2000 um, people watching at any given time. But he answered every single question. And I think there's a there's a uniqueness to that, a rawness to it, and a very much um, welcome you know fact to it. When when these guys present themselves and just open themselves up to to ultimate talk and criticism and whatever it is about the game, 
I just think that there's an honesty there that you just don't see when you when you play an Assassin's Creed title or you play the next Halo version. I, I get it; it's really or cool, but they all 5. did the same test. You what? I said or Battlefield Five because I would have loved them to go through that experience of just firsthand asking people and just going. Yeah, from there. and I'm sure they, I'm sure they totally did. It's just that that doesn't get out to like the use and me's of the world unless the small developer like this team. So we we have we're literally over time now. I have one more game, and it's in the same it's in the same kind of vein as this. But Ryan, this takes this takes the card stuff to another level. So there's a game called Damio, and I I, I mentioned Resolution Games. Um, who I did have been playtesting a couple of the games for uh, so far this year. Damio is my favorite one because this, again, is for Oculus Quest again, but this is literally D&D for VR. So you, you've got a character, you've got a character sheet, you roll dice, and your character plays out with you and three of your friends any quest or any adventure, procedural or not procedural or whatever it may be, in a D&D environment with actual environments around your character. So you're kind of like a ghost, right? Like you're like a god mode where you're like watching the uh, course kind of play out, but your little character is making moves based off what you're doing on a turn-based basis. I know that you guys don't love D&D as much as I did or have, you know, in the, in the past, do, but, but this is a really cool way to play D&D in VR as D&D should be played, looking at all this stuff in a fully immersed environment. So Damio from Resolution Games, it releases on May 6th. I will be getting a, a demo um, copy of this to review for our show, for the podcast. So I will share that again with everybody here. There's three or four games now that we're going to review. But man, how does that sound in terms of like an actual culmination of, of D&D meets VR? I mean, what did that description make you feel, Lausman? See, I, I read that wrong. I thought this would be like an over-the-shoulder of a bunch of people, young people, you know, maybe young people, maybe old people, just play in D&D where there's like Doritos on the table and just like Dr. Pepper in the background and you're in the basement. And uh, no, I'm obviously kidding. No. Uh, so, no, that actually sounded uh, really cool. Uh, the more I read on about it, I was I was very impressed. I mean, this... this this is a tall order, if I do say so. A tall order. It, it is. And that's why love. I'm super excited for it. I mean, I almost think back to like the Gauntlet Legends days. Yeah. For yeah. those of you old schoolers out there, uh, I uh, I know myself and Donnie were absolutely in love with that game. Like, we were just fans. Like, we enjoyed playing it anytime we could. I believe there was an was there an arcade version of that top yeah, down. Yeah, there was. And yeah. and it's the same it's a same same third person isometric view where like you're looking at your character moving around the universe or the board or whatever and you're walking around with four other people on your team but but there's there's the, the Gauntlet Legends thing was cool because it was real time. This yeah. plays by the D&D rules, which which I really really enjoy and I really do enjoy the mechanics of D&D. I think it's very well ironed out. So I think this will be an awesome VR title that will be very fun to play with, with groups and over time and on quests and long-term things. And I'm just super stoked for it. Yeah. If they can include the functionality of like a Skyrim, um, like, because, you know, that's part of the whole deal. Uh, I, you know, obviously everybody, everybody in the know out there is familiar, but like, if you could look to your right and see 
a plate that you can grab and throw and distract or, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm obviously grasping at straws here, but like, if you could look around and situationally be like, this is a thing I'll activate and throw or push or whatever. I mean, you know, that would be next level. That would be very cool to see. I, and I think that's the idea, but, but I just, I think from a D and D player's perspective, it's, it's going to be really cool. So yeah, super excited, excited about it, but yep. yeah. That was all the games I had. Ryan, any any further comments on this? But that's, no, th- th- no that's, those, that, that seemed concludes. really entertaining. So Yeah. All right, so thank you guys for that. Yes, a lot of games. I'm so happy that these developers are, are allowing us the fact to, to go in and, and actually provide feedback and some beta access to this stuff. I think it's great. Look for the feedback. Um, look for the videos on our YouTube channel that I can supply. Again, some of them are protected under NDA which we won't be commenting on until um, that has been lifted. But for now, um, those are the guys that can talk about, and more is coming on a lot of those. So um, please do check us out, uh, Craft Brews Geek News, on YouTube. But speaking of YouTube, have you guys seen the trailer for the newest Marvel movie that came out, or hasn't came out yet, Shang-Chi? Anybody excited for that? Oh, uh, I can't remember if I saw the whole trailer, but I did see something about it. Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. So essentially, um, he's our uh, you know Asian superhero guy that's going to be you know in the universe now. And I, I, I'm not sure much about his character. I haven't followed him much, but from the trailer, this dude looks like he's going to perform some really technical, seriously impressive uh, karate type moves. And, and I'm just excited to see it. I think that that this is a cool move for Marvel. It's going to introduce or at least open up the fourth phase right with with no captain america no tony stark who's leading this stuff i think that we've got the falcon and winter soldier um finale which is happening this which friday which I will be interesting love. which is great it's very good but we've had a lot of stuff happen since the uh you know the the blip if you will or whatever it was so yeah. um i'm super excited to see this and i i really do think it's going to be a lot of fun i i like to see marvel movies that are a little bit different from the norm where it's not just a rich white guy that's trying to to kick ass for the good guys you know or whatever it might be so i'm super excited about this i think shang chi is going to be fun i wasn't sure what or how it was going to look but from this first trailer fantastic do you guys have any thoughts uh yeah, no, so I've been a big fan of, like, Jackie Chan movies since, like, uh, what did he, when he started in late 80s, early 90s. I've been a big fan of all those. Um, I love First Strike. I loved, um, I mean, I love... Big Man, I'll, Little China? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I've loved the majority of his movies. I do think, personally, I might be burnt out on Kung Fu movies, which is unfortunate for myself. Like, I mean... I just in an in an age where I grew up as you know Matrix and Revolution Matrix Revolution and whatnot like all that was like really really cool and it was so awesome for the time I just think I kind of I saw this trailer and I just went well, I mean that's gonna be cool it's gonna be very cool for the Marvel universe I would like to see where this goes I am not going to be sitting on the edge of my seat for this to come out I gotta be honest I just go. You know, okay. I go. Maybe, maybe he's gonna have two, three, four movies of this. Like, I that would be awesome if this continues on to a series. But I just initially, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll see it eventually. Okay, whatever. Yeah. And Ryan, what do you what do you think about this? And I ha- I have some comments to to kick back at Lyle's, but well, my first thought is I wish I would have seen the full trailer 
<laughs> um, I, unlike Last Man, don't feel like I'm tired of kung fu style movies. I, I do watch a lot of uh, action fight. I think every uh, action or fighting movie that we have even today, whether they're kung fu or not, have some uh, connection. Innovative. Innovative, yeah. exactly. You know, because of the sequence of events and, and, and the yeah. choreography of the fight scenes. Right. So, you know, I'm interested in seeing how this ties into everything moving forward with the Marvel Universe. Obviously, you know, uh, we're, we're now watching Winter Soldier and, and Falcon. Um, we just had the Scarlet Witch and, and, uh, and Vision, things like that. So, I mean, it's got to have a purpose. So, yeah. obviously, we're going to have to watch it. In, in the best possible way. And if this is what they're giving us, then then I'm all in. So I can't wait. I, I can see Loss's point though. Like, cause again, Loss, I think that you're right. Like, you know, okay. They've done Kung Fu, Kung Fu movies, you know, forever now. Like why, why is it still a thing? But I think it's an interesting take for the Marvel universe to do because it's completely, my understanding is all, you know, Asian, Asian American, Asian, actors and a, a full storyline and something that's very much deep rooted in, in that comic book line, which, which totally get, and I appreciate, I think all that's great. I think they're going to bring so many weird twists to this. If it's not the moves and the way they choreograph, like Ryan said, and do different stuff, they're going to bring so many different things, to this to make it very, very unique. I think I personally think, and then I think you're right. I bet what comes out of this is he gets a Disney Plus series, right? Just to, just to give something else. I don't know if he's going to be the next Iron Man. I wouldn't say that he is. But I, I also don't understand much about this character. And I don't think anybody else does know outside of like the diehard um, comic book fan base. So odds are nobody's going to give a shit about this movie, really, until it becomes something like Wanda and Vision or like Falcon and Winter Soldier, who, again, are still B-rated superheroes. But now, you know, we've got speculation that that falcon is going to be taking the new captain america shield so like these people will be building they're building this universe still and that's what i like about this because it expands it beyond iron man you know spider-man the, the guys you know it, be, it expands it to a totally different generation different race and different everything else so i think it's all all good stuff but but you're right it's not my number one seed for for this year well so i'll give you that there's a lot more marvel movies coming out in the next two years that yeah. i'm much more excited for so well real quick before we move on if they can do movies like this we need a real dragon ball z movie just throwing that out there <laughs> it's coming it's coming you already had we're, one. we're in the it was horrible <laughs> we're in the age of redoing everything that was old yeah, well, and fun. Yeah, we don't even need once. to redo the original. We just need to skip forward and just fucking go crazy with it. <laughs> They're going to redo the original. That's just they, what it'll be. They should not do redo the original. It's not the original. It's That was not even close to going to capture a fan base. You want to do something fun, do it. Talk about On Dragon Planet Ball Dynamic, where, where Goku turns Super Saiyan you know, against Frieza. Like, do that movie and make it three hours long because we will watch it i will pay for it literally <laughs> Brian, popcorn and beers i will sit through three hours of all that fun stuff Just he will short, pay for everybody changes. else's ticket to make that happen uh, i didn't go that far okay okay Sorry, i mean I if, if dogecoin pays off in the long run maybe oh, <laughs> speaking of not going that far uh mr lossman uh bring us home for our last story here my friend well, uh, so our last story here is the uh, the actual Ingenuity helicopter, which is on uh, Mars right now. I don't have all the facts in front of me. However, um, basically, uh, 
it has completed a actual flight. Uh, I believe it was 39 seconds, if memory serves. Yeah. And yeah, I think so. 39 seconds and change, which is impressive because it's the first uh, uh, non-Earth flight. Atmosphere? Any... Yeah, not, I don't know <laughs> Exoplanet how Exoplanet to... flight? Yeah, it's crazy. The adjectives that you use. Yes, we'll go with those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. And we have the first high-res-ish um, <laughs> uh, sort of footage of that because it was crazy enough to be all actually controlled autonomously, I believe. Uh, yep. So the actual uh, rover on Mars was able to control the whole thing, and we didn't figure out until about three hours later that it was successful. So kind of wow. amazing that uh, we sent a robot to Mars, and he sent another robot to fly, and then all of a sudden he reported back three, and we got it three hours later, that like things were going off, and we're like, hey, mission success, and everyone's like, what? <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> I mean, obviously, they it were, just... but still. It's just neat, but as an as in so two things, Lossman. As a um, you know aeronautical fan, mm-hmm. as you are of, of most things that fly, I don't know if that's the right thing to say about that, but um, it's a weird how, way to say it. But I'll allow it. But like we flew a helicopter, not a plane, not a spaceship, but a helicopter on a different planet. Like, would, could you ever imagine that happening for real? I mean, if they had to do it, they picked the right avenue because, like, that's the easiest one is vertical flight. I guess because the moon has no atmosphere, so you couldn't even get lift there, right? Like, you couldn't get lift there without propellant. Well, we're not talking about the moon. We're talking about Mars, but yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, you said it's the best place. I'm like, well, the, the Mars is the only place we can get to because you can't do it on the moon. You couldn't. You wouldn't get lift with a helicopter. Well, yeah, correct. There's not. Well, there, yeah. there's technically a microgravity, I believe. And so, like, they have, like, not really an atmosphere, so yeah. I mean, your your point is valid. Yes. Yeah, it's just nuts. It's nuts that they are able to do that with it with a solar powered device that we sent from Earth, and and did did all that. I just think it's incredible. So, I don't know why they didn't reach out to me because I've only crashed like three drones. So, I mean, <laughs> I could have done that like maybe. Yeah. Well, but they it, didn't. It was amazing. Up. I mean, honestly, uh, the video is great. It's a. It's a bit grainy. It's a bit uh, several thousand million miles away. Um, True. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's honestly impressive to see that that's happened. And then, again, you know, there's that piece of the, uh, there's that piece of the original Wright Brothers uh, aircraft involved in that particular helicopter, which was sandwiched in between a bunch of circuit boards and super important things. But uh, literally, a piece of the original Wright Brothers aircraft is now on Mars, like we, and it's just and, flown. And, <laughs> well, a bigger a bigger piece of it too is that they they that they named that area where the um, chopper took off Wright Brothers Airfield, right? Correct. Wright Brothers Field. So, like uh, forever, yeah, Wright Brothers Field. For the for the remainder of history, Ryan, this is important. The remainder of history, this airstrip now will be called Wright Brothers. Field, which is cool. That's awesome. Mars, Mars will be along around longer than we all will, boys. Just to break it to you, oh, I've yeah. seen Total Recall. I know how this ends. It's just cool to be able to witness that. <laughs> I don't want to have that ending though. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, buddy. Um, all right, thanks, Lost. Appreciate that. So, boys, yep. where can the good kids find you? I can be found at Mr. Lostman on Twitter, sending new weird things all the time, and sometimes weirder than others. So. No Sending weird things all okay. the time. Apparently, it's all right there, oh, angel voice. Uh, where can the kids find you? 
<laughs> you guys can find me at uh, rye underscore guy at eight, or 813 on Instagram. You can also find me on the Craft Brews and Geek News Facebook page where we are always posting awesome things. Join in on the conversation there. Um, and I will say tonight is Wednesday. Obviously, it's uh, one night later than our normal scheduled uh, podcasting time. Oh, were we not saying that? No, it's fine. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say it's $1 ladies night oh. at uh, some place. <laughs> so like, why would you Come say on that? Come on down. $1 ladies night. <laughs> no, um, I was actually supposed to record the uh, craft brews and fantasy news, uh, whatever, football. Whatever. Your show. <laughs> I know, but I have so many names in my head, I can't get it straight. We got another one coming. But uh, they're actually recording that now because the uh, NFL or the, the 2021 NFL draft is next thursday so i wanted to do this podcast with my two awesome amazing friends here uh over those other two awesome amazing friends but uh come and come and listen to that if you like some sports news so cheers all right good plug um <laughs> i agree no you guys you guys are the conversation is great all of that i heard not even a sports guy so it's helpful for me to learn but but we appreciate you um, you can always find me uh, at Craftology Radio. That's Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, as we've plugged a couple times here. Uh, as Ryan said, the uh, Craftology, I'm sorry, the Craft Brews and Geek News Facebook page is where you can find most of us here daily, at least communicating with folks. And um, folks submit questions there. We put them on the show sometimes. We talk about things that people want to talk about. So we encourage you to, to engage with us there. We'd love to see you. And as we say at the end of every episode, Mr. Lousman. Speaking of endings, let's go ahead and send this one off to Mars Ingenuity, a.k.a. let's go ahead and just end things right now. And good night, everybody. I'll see you later. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers. This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Listen, we get the Craft Brews and Geek News show is way better than it ought to be. If you'd like to learn more about other shows that we have on our network, please subscribe to the Craft Brews and Geek News podcast. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more.